This is Take a Cue, episode 15. Welcome to Take a Cue. I'm Eric Dunno, 8th grade band and jazz band director. And I'm Jen Wise, 4th and 5th grade instrumental music teacher. And I'm CJ Margolis, sophomore music ed major at the College of New Jersey. We love talking about teaching music in New Jersey public schools, and we're excited to bring teaching experiences and insights to you. So excited! Whether you're just starting your teaching career or you've been teaching longer than we have, this show will help you grow with new ideas and perspectives about music education and teaching. We hope you'll be just as inspired as we are every time you listen. Before we begin, if you enjoy our podcast, please help us out by doing a few super easy things. First, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then make sure you rate the podcast and leave a review. It helps people find our show who haven't yet, and we really appreciate it. If you find that you get a lot out of our episodes, we'd be grateful if you considered becoming a monthly supporter to help us grow the podcast. You can sign up to make a secure monthly payment using the link in our show notes or on our Anchor site, anchor.fm forward slash take a cue. That's all one word. Also, if you have questions or comments about anything you hear on the episode, come and interact with us on social media. We're Take a Cue Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, we've got the triumvirate here today. We do. Always well, exciting to have have the three of us here. Welcome back, CJ. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Good to be back. Mm-hmm. This is good. So on our last episode, we talked about the NJMEA conference. So if you haven't uh, listened to that and you're at the conference, why not check it out <laughs> um, yeah. just to see what you should go see that's, uh, that's happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, if you haven't gone to the conference, maybe this will entice you to go. Who yeah. knows? Absolutely. I will be there. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's so great. Now you've got a, another reason to go to the conference. CJ mm-hmm. will be there. That's it. Are you it, uh, performing at it or just going as a uh, you know as a, a student who's checking everything out? I'm going as both. The bassoon ensemble from TCNJ is playing um, in one of the lobby shows, but we're also just going for for the convention. Well, that's exciting. Cool. How cool! Yeah, that'll be so fun. So to our, our anonymous listeners out there, introduce yourselves to us if you see us on the you know, exhibit floor because uh, we want to meet you. So, yeah. Speaking of anonymous listeners, I got to go, at, we're recording this on the 11th of February, and I got to go to the Intermediate Region Band auditions today, mm-hmm. and I met people, Jen, this is so exciting, I okay. met people I didn't know who knew our podcast and were like, your podcast is awesome. I love listening. Oh, that's so How fun, fun is that? That's great. Oh, man. Shout out to the Junior Region crowd. They are just the best people. So, oh, Absolutely. wow. That's so good. Yeah, it was a fun day. Mm-hmm. We had it at Wayne Valley, I think Valley High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the first time it was there. It was really, uh, seemed to be really well run, very smooth. Good. So, yeah. Wow. Kudos that's so great. That. Yeah, I was going to ask you, CJ, like, what's, what's been up with you? I mean, I hopefully the fame and fortune f- after being on our podcast isn't like going to your head, but really, what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I've been able to stay humble the last few, okay. uh, couple of months. Okay. But um, there, there was a lot of going on. The, a couple of the notable ones in November, TCNJ Choirs got to perform with the Philly Orchestra for the Home Alone performances, mm-hmm. which was like, I had barely even, I had never been to the Kimmel Center before either. So getting to like go as a performer was like 
It was kind of crazy. Um, what are the had, Home Alone performances? Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, okay. So, like, it's the Home Alone movie, and then we were the choirs in the background. So we, like, sang over, and then the orchestra played all the music. So it's, like, the oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to see one show like that um, when I was little Fantasia, so it was cool to, like, be in one. Wow. Yeah. What a great cool. experience. Yeah. Um, so that was November. In December, I had a gig with my my band, CJ and the Cats, which was cool. Um, and then Where'd you in, play? Oh, we played at Tavern on George. Okay. It's in New Brunswick. That's where we usually play. Okay. Um, yeah. So we have another gig coming up in March, which will be fun. What's the instrumentation of that? Um, it changes every time. I kind of just invite my friends and then we all play whatever we're feeling at the time. This most recent set, it was my septet. So it was me, my friend Ryan, who went to TCNJ, um, my friend Jacob on piano, my friend Don on drums, my friend Chris on guitar, my friend Alex on bass, and then my friend Sarah was vocals. So. Wow. Nice. Yes. And I have my saxophone, awesome. <laughs> my saxophone and my bassoon. So. A jazz bassoon. I love that. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Now, can our listeners find your music if they're not in the New Brunswick area? Can they um, find it somewhere online? I don't release music yet, but I do oh. have a music Instagram at CJ Margolis Music. So if you're interested in checking it out, that's where you can find me. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We'll link to it well, in our, uh, our show notes for sure. 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 Nice. Um, so that was December. And then in January, I went to Israel, which was pretty cool. Whoa. So I got to jump around and experience music and, and nature and life all over all over Israel, which was pretty cool. Too. Wow. Wow. Is that your first time? It was my first time going. Yeah. Do you have family there or just you just uh, just a place you want to see? Uh, it's super distant family, but they are there. I, okay. I went with a group, though. So. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Yeah. It was cool. There was one night where we had a free night on like out in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. So my friends and I went looking for jazz and okay. we found three different places. And one of them was literally playing New Orleans style jazz in like oh. the heart of Israel, which wow. is so funky. Oh my so, gosh. Wow. That's wild. That's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm very jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool my, my last, my last several months were not nearly as exciting as that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh yeah, same here. Definitely not. Oh, that's but so Jen, amazing. Yeah. You you've got some excitement that over the last couple of weeks. Oh, I have. Where to begin? <laughs> we got a lot going on here. Um, so my winter concerts happened, both of them. Uh, and you know, they they went they went pretty well. Uh yeah, we had a good time. You know, we came, we saw, we played, and um uh I my my one school i just teach the band there um and my our fifth grade band played uh four tunes and the beginning band we did what we said we started with hot cross buns and then we did section songs for each section and we close it out with a rousing uh rendition of jingle bells and (laughs) uh you know so and then my other concert um was just this past monday night um and if y'all remember two weeks ago because it'll be two weeks ago by the time this comes out uh we had that like crazy cold snap right and then we had a a very warm weekend and then the next day i had my concert so the terrible things over the course of four days that happened to string instruments i can't it's like 
I can't describe um, what, <laughs> well, the, the chaos it was right before the concert. I had four down bridges. I had uh, three broken strings. Not the, like, not like usually I break it. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, sorry, but I was tuned in. No, they like came to the concert with broken strings. And um, I started tuning the orchestra at 6.30. We did not take the stage until uh, it was 7.15. I don't think we started playing until 7.18. And this was a seven o'clock concert. Um, the, it took 45 minutes for me to tune up the orchestra of 65, 70 kids. So oh my gosh, it was intense. Um, and meanwhile, in the same space, same warm up space, I had my um, uh, fourth grade band of 40 and my fifth grade band of 35 and, <laughs> uh, you know, all, you know, revved up and ready to go. And um, I pretty much had to just like sing at them and warm them up that way while tuning a violin and okay, guys, let's get on stage. Like it was, it was pretty wild. So wow, and it's um, all you. <clears throat> yeah. I teach both the orchestra, fourth and fifth grade orchestra and fourth and fifth grade band um, at that school. Um, and, you know, it's, it, they, it's great. It's so it's like cast of thousands. It's so many kids. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just me. And we have, um, you know, uh, our choir teacher, Jill, and she's amazing. And she helped get the band on stage while I was continuing to tune the orchestra. And, uh, and we had a couple teachers from the fourth and fifth grade team come out and help us backstage and help us, you know, watch the kids in the seats while I'm up on stage with the other group. And, um, you know, without, without them, it would have been really tough to put, (laughs) put this program on. I know it's not like that at every school. I know they don't, you know, not everybody has, um, you know, grade level teachers come, but, oh, it was huge. So, um, But the, everybody played really well. We had a lot of fun and, you know, the orchestra, um, like notable concert moments, the orchestra played uh, Can Can. The, you know, like they did, they did really well. It was not, um, it was not ShopRite commercial fast. I told them that. I was like, you don't have to be as fast as like the ShopRite commercial, but it has to sound like And they're it, like, you know? what is that? Yeah, they're like... <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'm not really sure what you're talking about, you know. <laughs> and then when you know when they do catch it on TV, they're like, oh, now I know, you know, because it happened like since you know I gave the music out in, uh, you know, December or the end of November. Uh, it had the can cancel has come and gone, so you know, yeah. Um, it that was <laughs> that was a notable part of the performance, and um, nice. yeah, it it came out pretty good, but yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, that was nice. Um. And uh, other things. Well, um, Eric, you've been playing a show this week. I have. have. I've been playing uh, Drowsy Chaperone over at Del Barton High School, which is a private Catholic high school here in Morristown. Mm-hmm. And um, my my good friend, longtime friend, uh, Dave, is the conductor. He's the music super or music director of music at the school. And we went to Ithaca together for, we overlapped for two years and sang in the acapella group there and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a great show. We did unfortunately have a little bit of musical chairs going on. However, in the first read book, I'm playing read two. Mm-hmm. Because you know, those moments where you feel like all your friends are hanging out without you. So yeah, it was one of those that, my husband was playing the read one book and he ended up with 
COVID uh, in the middle of the week. So, uh, yeah, it's been a tough week uh, for me. <laughs> so uh, he's doing okay. He's bouncing back. He's got some upper respiratory stuff, but it's been like, oh, no, we have to, like, keep testing. And, you know, grandma and grandpa want to stay away because, you know, they don't want to they don't want to pick it up for me or, or my son, even though we've been testing and testing negative and no symptoms. But, like, you know, I'd, I'd be nervous if I were them, too. So, um I'm sleeping on the couch. I don't know. I put on some like under eye stuff, but you know, you, <laughs> I know I'm not like as fresh as I usually am on a, uh, for, for our freestyle Friday, but yeah, it's been, it's been a tough week. So, um, but you guys got a sub in there and the show must go on. Right. Um, yeah, that was yeah. wild. We've been rehearsing for most of January and, mm-hmm. um, and Tom called me, was it Monday? It was Tuesday because I had Tuesday? my concert, okay. my concert Monday, and I, we came home Monday night, and he's like, "This is not good," and I was like, "Uh oh," you know, and um, so, so he called me Tuesday, and he goes, "I have COVID. Do you know anybody who can play this book for the show this week?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, and it turned out, yeah. I did know somebody uh-huh. who had played that exact book last year yep. who was available available for every single show, including the Wednesday day performance, which That's, is wild. That is so crazy. Yeah. And um, it just worked out. It did. It did. Meanwhile, like David had originally asked me to play the book and I took one look at it and I was like, hmm. No, a little beyond my my skills. <laughs> There's a ton of soprano sax There's in that so book. So much soprano sax. And I like I sat down with it for for a good half an hour and I was like, I could put this together in, you know, it's like I'm playing like name that tune. I'm like I'm like I could put this together in 3 months and he's like you have 4 weeks and I'm like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> so but uh oh, too you know, too bad for Tom, but I'm I'm glad yeah. the run is still going, still going well for you guys cuz yeah. That's that's yeah. good. Yeah, they do a great job there every year. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it's like job security. It's always the same the same people who get hired year after year because mm-hmm. Dave has his people and mm-hmm. he knows that you know we're going to show up early and we're going to be ready to go and um, yeah, totally not going to flake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not going to get sick. <laughs> oh, well, oh well, you can't help that. You, you can't. can't you know. Um, but uh, so I'm cur- I'm a little still pretty curious about about junior region how many kids did you have going out there today oh my gosh between brendan and me uh mm-hmm. that would be seventh and eighth graders they're auditioning for the seven eight nine groups it's called the intermediate region here in northern new jersey and um open to any seventh or eighth or ninth grader from northern new jersey as long as their teacher agrees to go and be a judge at the auditions. And I think we had a record this year. I think we had like 16 or 17 kids go mm-hmm. out from, wow. uh, from heritage, which is wild. I had That's my nice. first time sending percussionists in 21 years of teaching or whatever it's been. I've never sent percussionists before we had two. Oh, that's cool. I got sent the day. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. They will. Good luck to them. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So it'll be fun. It, it was a learning experience for me, too. I called our friend Rick and was like, hey, how do percussion auditions work in region? I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of material. They have to they have to prepare um, yeah. to be a percussionist. For those people who aren't in northern New Jersey, they have to, if they want to do the battery percussion audition, they have to do snare, snare drum etude, snare drum sight reading. Then they have to do a mallet etude. And then they have to do snare rudiments memorized 
And then they have to do traps rudiments, which yes. includes a bass drum, a line of bass drum, a line of triangle, tambourine, and mm-hmm. crash cymbals. Yep. <laughs> that's right. That's that's you got it, you know. And you thought it was tough on bassoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta play eight instruments. Eight I, yeah, it's wild. Instruments. Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, it's the whole like, you know, if you're gonna play it on a region yes. concert, you you need to come in and be prepared. You know, we we can assign you any part once you, you know, get in there. So yeah. Totally makes sense, but wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. So CJ, anything else cool uh, before we kind of jump into some uh, some uh, some of our topic for tonight? Anything else cool going on over there in uh, in in CJ Land? Uh, I actually did think of a few things. Last Ooh. week we had our saxophone summit. I forgot to mention. So we had our biggest one yet. We had eighty five saxophones on the stage, and we played a whole concert all just saxophone rep. It was really cool. Um, wow. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. So, and I played it on tenor, which was my first like big big time concert on tenor too. Which is any solos? I did have a solo. I soloed over a song called Sharp Nine. It was like a blues piece, but it it was fun. Cool. Yeah. My favorite chord. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was like I think a B flat blues, which is neat. Um, And then I started like going and visiting a preschool recently with my practicum class. So I finally got into like be in front of a classroom with a bunch or like a a class of kids and stuff, which has been like, oh, my so exciting, too. So preschoolers. Yes. Talk about that. How has that been? (laughs) Um, So the first we've I've gone two times, first time with my class, the second time with my fraternity. Um, And so the first time that we went, we showed them a saxophone trio. So I arranged um, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and we played it for them and they sang along. It was like so cute. Um, And they didn't know what a saxophone was either. So they were like so excited. Um, There was one point when I played um, The Panther by Dexter Gordon for them and they were snapping on two and four. And it was like so cute. Um, (laughs) And then last week we went back. And I brought my guitar and we sang like, you are my sunshine and like, hello, goodbye. And it was just like, it was, it was really magical. We sang like frozen with them and stuff and they were so excited. Oh, that's cute. That's That's awesome. Now, are you like lesson planning for that or just, or just saying, okay, everybody, let's experience some new music together. How, how, what are you, what, how are you preparing for that? Yeah, for my practicum class, we did pretty hard, or not hardcore, but we, we planned out like what we were going to do and how to keep them engaged in like different modalities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, when we went to the fraternity, it was kind of like, who do we have that's coming and what can we show them based off like who's going to be there? Mm-hmm. Um, but like even with that, like I feel like the more that I'm learning, the more that I'm able to like adjust on the spot. So like, oh, this is what we need in this moment and stuff like that too. So. Nice. Oh, that's good. Yes. So much of teaching is about kind of reading the moment and then kind of tailoring what you're doing to that moment with the kids you have in front of you. It was like, I think that I've always imagined like playing guitar with a group of kids and I had never really had the opportunity to. And then sitting in front of them, like singing together and they were all like dancing in their spots and stuff. I was like, oh, this is what it's all about. Like it (laughs) finally felt like great. Oh, that's so good. That's great. Yeah. You know, I, I guarantee if you went to my daughter's preschool... There would be at least one kid who definitely knows the saxophone. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Oh, Kate yeah. already says that's what she wants to play when she gets older. Oh, okay. It is a good choice. Mm. <laughs> I tried to I tried to discourage it, but you know, doesn't seem to work. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I feel I, like saxophone is less painful than oboe, so 
<laughs> oh my oh. gosh. Two oboists in the house. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> For, I, well, three. I don't really count myself, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Two kids learning oboe in the house at the same time. That would be, well, that'd be intense. That'd be a lot. <laughs> yeah. My son definitely knows what a saxophone is, but like, unfortunately, his eyes really like light up every time he, uh, Oh, here's, no. a, here's a trumpet. Oh, oh, okay. All right, trumpet. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought you were going to say drums. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> I mean, he get he likes the drums. He kind of gets it. He like knows why we drum. You know, to keep the beat. And he gets he gets that. We do like our little parades around the house, and he goes boom, boom, boom. You know, he he he's good. It's well, just, and you have your drum set set up there in the basement. That's right? true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he does he ever get Daddy. on it and just jam out? Oh yeah, totally, big time. And we'll we'll we'll, we'll sing along, and he'll he'll rock out. But uh, but no, man, his eyes light up every time he sees a trumpet. And they had we had a little trumpet um, feature at the concert, and he came he came to see my concert, and um, he keeps asking, "Mommy, how how is your concert? How is your concert? You, you like it? You like it? I like trumpet. Aww. I like trumpet. Okay, okay, bud. You know, like let's yeah. Oh." A lot of trumpet in his head right now. So cute. CJ, after the last time we talked, um, you know, we said like, uh, you know, we really got to, you know, know you and where, know where you're at. But I know like you had some questions for us and, um, uh, you know, maybe tonight would be a good time. We could, we could chat about some of the things you had on your mind, um, you know, for us. Um, how do you have time to be a human being on top of all of your work and personal commitments? I know the answer in my house. It's called a spouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> um, uh, dividing and conquering is yeah. the answer here. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, and asking for help when you need it. That's a big one for me. Um, you know, especially like with, uh, and I've, you know, I've talked about this on previous episodes, especially with my MS. Like if I don't ask for help, like I'm in big trouble. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that's a learned skill. That is definitely a learned skill for me. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I, I think, you know, when, when I was starting out, Jen, I don't know about you, but I was pulling like, I was there till like five, six o'clock at night a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of getting ready for the next day and kind of just trying to stay afloat. But I feel like now after doing this for a while, I, you, you kind of get into a groove, you know what you're doing. And, and I don't know, there are, rarely is there a day where I'm really there past four at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. kind of just have everything in place. The systems are there mm-hmm. and um, just kind of, you know, move along a little bit. Do, yeah. do you feel the same? I do. Yeah. I feel like I'm tweaking and updating things. Um, I've also given up a lot of things that are like big time suckers. Like for me, like, uh, you know, I taught like 10 years of marching band. Um, mm. and, uh, I'm not doing that right now. And it really makes the, the other things, um, just a little, a little more manageable because like, yeah, for me, it was never really staying, you know, late to teach my beginning and, and middle school band. Um, but it was like, like starting and running the honor band after school and being there for that extra hour and a half, two hours to do that. And then, um, running the summer music camp and taking all that extra time and being at school for the month of July. Though that was like a big, you know, energy sap, um, for, for me. So like, uh, and then, you know, I love teaching marching band and I love, uh, 
teaching indoor color guard, but at, at some point, you know, you look at the numbers, um, like indoor color guard is a six month season for like a $3,000 stipend. That's not quite, <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't always like fill you up like you need it to, you know? So, um, so I started cutting out those things. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I may have talked about this a little bit before, but like getting a hobby that's outside of uh, making music for me was a big one. Like once I, I was really, going to say the same thing, Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Like got into cycling and um, got serious about cycling. Like that was a big, uh, a big thing for me. You start to see like, okay, you know, there's, there's more than, <laughs> you know, uh, than, than what's going on in, in school during the day. But like, it's so hard to, to find that balance, you know, and it's a great question because, um, and I feel this go like this goes for anybody that works in a people business, right? Like, uh, you, there, there are people's like, uh, lives and perspectives and self-worth uh, at stake with what we do, you know? So you feel like you want to give everything you've got all the time and you have to because like their, their life matters too, you know? But um, yeah, like striking that balance between like um, I'm serving the people around me and I'm, you know, keeping myself healthy and my family healthy is, is, is uh like I said, it's a learned skill. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. You know, so for you, it was you know, it's being able to say no to things, um, and and I totally agree. There was definitely a point in my career earlier where I really didn't say no to like anything. Oh, same. And you know, I was I was the assistant marching band director for two marching bands. I did my full time job, and I was teaching lessons. And playing like shows when they would come up and stuff like that. And it got to be just too, too much, you know, mm -hmm. it was too much. So, you know, so it took a step back from marching band, only one marching band now, and I'm not an assistant director anymore. Um, you know, I stopped doing lessons a few years ago. I enjoyed doing lessons. I even did them out of my house. So it wasn't like I was traveling much, but it just got to be there. There was, and, and you know, your life and your family changes and, you know, now there's, you know, there's two kiddos here and I like to see them <laughs> and enjoy our time together. And, you know, and Kate, although she's wonderful, is four and can't stay home alone. You know, so if one of us needs to drive Maggie one place, you know, then the other one needs to be home with Kate or, you know, drive around or, with, you know, it's so, so that it's just being able to say no, I, I think is good, is, is a good habit to get into, mm -hmm. even if you want to do something. I enjoy doing those marching band, you know, oh, yeah, um, totally. running from one to another and doing private lessons. I enjoyed all that stuff, but it's okay to say no to stuff. I think that's important. And then yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Having, ha having hobbies outside of either music or just teaching yeah. um, is a good thing. Like most of my hobbies, I think, involve music in some way, but mm -hmm. not always teaching. I enjoy singing in my church choir. Um, and, uh, and that, you know, that definitely um, fills my soul, you know, being able to do that. And, um, I enjoy recording, um, you know, outside of, uh, outside of school, just kind of doing recording projects. Um, I'm also, I know this is, that may sound weird to some of our listeners. I also enjoy like fixing stuff around the house, <laughs> which is very odd. I like, uh, trying to fix stuff and do that. And I also, you know, I have my wife and I own a couple properties where, you know, I'll go up and need to fix a, you know, a, a sliding door or something like that. And while that's kind of a pain, sometimes it's nice to do something a little different. 
get out of get out of the house and do something that's not teaching related or music related. But yeah, having that balance is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last semester, I, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, last semester, I got myself into a very similar situation where I was asked by several different professors at different points in time, like personally, to be in like this ensemble or this quintet or whatever, and I ended up overloading to twenty credits, which is one step Mm. below like the maximum and it got to the point at the end of the semester where I literally could not go and practice like it wasn't even that for one I didn't have the time but two like I absolutely despised the thought of picking up my instrument because it just made me so stressed and so anxious Mm. so over break I literally was like I'm just not going to touch them because if it's like not something that I look forward to right now then I'm disconnect like I'm I have a disconnect from my music so I think that after that I was like I really need to just pick and choose the things that are most important to me um, Mm -hmm. as far as like what I want to do as a musician and like what's going to bring the most joy towards my teaching and stuff so it's like it's hard because I feel like a lot of people have to learn it the hard way that like you can't do everything all at once because it, it just makes it too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And like I feel bad when um you know like the people around me, you know, like don't like I have to you know when you have to say no, it it's really hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um and uh but no, you have to like yeah, you got to look out, you know, for yourself and your family a little bit and you know, you're like kind of direction so yeah um and uh, i i feel for you it's tough to experience that you know for the for the first time i -hmm. said to um one of my colleagues who i ran into at a marching band show and i was standing in front of the color guard right and he knew me as a flutist right and i was standing in front of the color guard i've got my cock block do this toss this higher you know i'm like barking at them and he's like i had no idea you did the visual thing and i said yeah and if you tell anyone i will kill you because then i have to say no to another friend like (laughs) because um, everybody needs color guard instructors everybody needs color guard instructors and you know you just have to say like yes i do this but i'm not available to you and I'm telling you that up front <laughs> you know because yeah. um, I could see the light in his eyes like oh you know so, <laughs> um, but I really I don't make that public knowledge because it's like you yeah totally so you might have to hide your bassoon you know um, <laughs> but I'm just kidding um, no, no, that's, that's the one that's going to get you the side gigs it's true sorry that's to true. say not much on sax there's, yeah, so there's lots sax of saxophones <laughs> yeah but bassoon yeah, well, yeah there you go Mm-hmm. That's really, <laughs> that yeah. that was a smart double right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just wanted to continue with what we were kind of talking about um, as far as like teacher burnout. I know mm. because there's just so much being demanded of teachers these days that it's a very real problem. And I was wondering if you guys had experience with that and also like how you get out of it or avoid those kinds of situations. I don't want to say it's all washed away at concert time. But a lot of it gets scrubbed away for me at concert time. And I, I don't I don't know if that's a popular answer, if other people feel the same way. Um, but uh, I was feeling so burnt out right after winter break. I was like, I can't believe we're back. How am I supposed to get through the next month and two concerts and all these kids? And how am I going to do this? And I have to schedule all these extra rehearsals. And, um, you know, and then, uh, but you know, I'll tell you what, after this week, after actually like doing the concerts and seeing like the joy from, from the kids, like that made a huge, like for me, like it kind of snapped me back. Like, okay, this is what's next. Let's get back into it. You know, check in with me six weeks from now and I'll be like, spring break, where (laughs) art thou? You know, like (laughs) I will be, I'll be there. Um, but, uh, like I'll, I'll the last couple of weeks that, that really did, um, 
you know, it did help me out. Um, it, I, I feel like, um, I kind of have to manage, I don't know the right way to say this, but I have to manage my, the capital I use up with, um, like the, the fourth and fifth grade teachers and my principal and my supervisor. Like, I feel like if I can, um, you know, like keep an eye on like, how much am I really asking of them? Then I get, um, more positivity back. And then, you know, it's like a, uh, it's a cycle. So like, uh, if I'm asking a lot from the fifth grade team, like that, I'm like, okay, I should, I should back off. And then I don't end up feeling as burnt out because I'm still having that like positive relationships around me. So like, it's when, it's when things get, um, like get negative. That's when I feel the burnout. That's when I feel like, Oh, what am I doing here? You know, um, uh, kids that quit don't really contribute to burnout for me. Cause it's just like, well, you tried it and that was cool. I'm glad you tried it, you know, and I can, at this point in my career, I can let that go. But, um, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I make time to like, like you said, like do the, those other things like work out or cycling or, you know, that, that fights burnout, um, for me as well. Do you feel burnout at all, Eric? Um, I, I mean, there are times when I'm more in it than others mm-hmm. throughout the year. I don't know if I've ever really felt burnout other other than when it's just, uh, uh, yeah, I don't even know if that was considered burnout or just not a great, it just wasn't a great year um, way, way back toward the beginning of my career. Um, but I think a lot, I think was something you said before probably uh, contributes, I think, to some people who experience burnout, Jen, and that is um, you said like their self-worth is tied up you know, in their, in their job. Mm-hmm. And so if they, you know, if, and, and I know teachers like this and and they're wonderful humans who pour a hundred percent of themselves into their job every moment of every day, whether they're at school or home or wherever. And like I said, you know, I, I'm so thankful that there are teachers out there who, who do this, but I think also that really, contributes to that burnout so much faster mm. because, you know, we only have so much energy to give. And if you're just constantly giving all that energy in one place, and especially because, you know, it's teaching is not always a respected um, profession um, out in the public. And if you feel like you're not getting a lot back, it's a very one-sided um, way to live your life or can be, I think for some people. And I imagine that might, you know, contribute to some of that burnout. I don't know. Just a thought really um, on the matter. But I I think you're right. Having interest outside of school and being able to, at some point just say, I'm going to now leave what I'm doing at school at school Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go do something else. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's really important. Like you said, CJ, you're, you put down your horn Mm -hmm. and you know, it it was causing you stress. So you kind of put down the horn and you took a break and that's okay. I, I think that's a good thing. Did did you find it was useful and and rekindled your you know your desire to play or or how do you feel? Yeah, yeah. Taking the time away, I think it gave me a minute to like go back and actually like appreciate music as music. Like go in and listen to the stuff that I wanted to be playing later on. And I knew that if I spent the time away from it in that moment, that I would want to play it even more later on. Mm. Um, 
And I, I think that for the most part, that's how it's been. Um, while I took my time away, I think I also had to check in with myself and realize like, just because I'm not playing eight hours a day doesn't mean that the work I'm doing isn't worthwhile and isn't valuable. And I think that that's really helped moving through this semester in that I'm not forcing myself to have unrealistic expectations of what I am doing. It's just that what I'm doing is enough and every step that I take is contributing to a greater goal. So. Mm. Mm. I mean, like, like I, I totally get that. Like three or four years in to, t- no, it was five or six, sorry, five or six years into um, teaching. Um, I started to get really tired of hot cross buns, if you could believe it. And <laughs> so I took on a student teacher and then I took on another student teacher and then I took a class, a uh, master's level class in um, uh, administration and supervision. And I was like, you know what? The thing that does keep me going is like this and supporting my colleagues. And like, I don't know everything, but like, I could listen to you and I can, we, we can talk through things like we do on here. Like, the, like those things help me fight burnout. Cause I'm thinking like bigger picture, you know, I'm not worried about that, that <clears throat> kid who showed up to the concert with a broken read and no more than that. You know, those are the things that like, <laughs> you know, can get to you after a while. But, um, you know, when you start to like go back and look at the bigger picture and think about the music you want and to come from your instrument in the future and, you know, like, all, like kind of what you're talking about, it's like, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of helped for me. My husband's about to take on, um, his first like student teacher, um, and he's like phenomenal. And I'm like, Oh, I can't believe you've never had a, you know, a student teacher. And he's like, yeah, but this is, uh, this, you know, this is the, the first time. So, um, you know, I, I'm like watching him do that, do that process. And he's like really excited about it, you know? So, um, I think that's a cool thing. Supporting your colleagues can kind of help you fight that burnout a little bit. So, yeah. And, and along those lines about supporting your colleagues, finding the right colleagues to surround yourself with, I think is really important. Yeah. I wish I could remember where I read it, I'll have to find it and maybe put it in the show notes, but about, and it was an article about was finding your, your marigolds. And I don't know if you know what marigolds do in a garden. I know the deer don't really bother them. Exactly. Marigolds are planted around a garden to protect the garden from certain pests. And, um, and so it was an all article about surrounding yourself with people who are like your marigolds who are going to help you, uh, survive and thrive, especially in the harder times when you may be feeling that feeling of burnout more. And I think that's really important. I, I feel really terribly for colleagues in other schools and other states. I, I know I've read people posting on Facebook groups and things like that about how they're the only teacher, um, you know, of music in their school. And aside from that, they don't really know they don't really talk to anybody else and they're really isolated and i think that's a really easy way to get that feeling of burnout when there's mm-hmm. no support from no colleagues to go to and say you know what i'm really really struggling today um you know and not being able to go to somebody in your school and just you know being able to chat and having that person say you know it's okay everybody feels that way from time to time and you know what do you need from me and i think that's really important and mm-hmm. that can be tough you know especially i guess if you're maybe that's you know and if you're in a small district somewhere or maybe if you're traveling a lot you don't feel like you have that home school how how do you feel jen i know you you travel a bit yeah. um, do you find that that makes you feel isolated at times mm, yeah 
it does. Uh, I have to say, I haven't eaten a meal in the teacher's room since we came back from the COVID sh- shutdown. Mm. Part of it's just like I'm in this building two days. I have to get X, Y, Z done. I have to lock myself in this room <laughs> um, for my whole lunch and prep um, to make it happen. But part of it's like, okay, you know, I can um, like, yeah, I just, I just don't know anybody, you know, and I'm starting to get to know people at being, being in, you know, the buildings I've been in for four or five years, but it's, it's tough. Um, it takes a lot of extra time. It does. It takes a lot of extra time. And that like, you know, I have six minutes to use the bathroom. Do I spend three of it talking to someone in the hallway or do I just go real quick, come back and make a few copies when I get back. Like you have to, you know, you, you like, I'm not that calculated with my friendships, but like you have, you know, I'm every once in a while, I'm like, okay, that was, that was a good, a good, you know, like chat. I'm really glad I got to connect with that person. Cause you're right. Like the people you surround you, that you surround yourself with at work, you know, really, really matter. Like, um, you know, we're lucky to have like this to talk talk things through so um you know yeah this is your you know band director uh hotline reach out to eric and jen and cj if you need to talk (laughs) you know (laughs) so uh but no really it, it it makes a huge difference um and i don't uh i've I've always been a traveling teacher. I've never taught in one building in 15 years. I haven't just been in one building with one classroom with one band. Um, so, uh, I'm kind of used to, used to it. Yeah. So what else is on your mind, CJ? What other thoughts, questions are, are floating around out there? Okay. This one is kind of out of left field, but one of the things that I noticed, like going with a couple of my peers, like to the preschool and stuff is that, a lot of us took on like a teacher voice around the kids and by teacher voice, probably because they're younger, we took up like kind of baby voices and we were talking to them in a different way than we like we would talk to each other. And I was just wondering what you guys thought of like taking on a teacher voice, especially with kids that are slightly older, like in the middle school level and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm definitely louder in ensemble. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Jen, you and I have talked about this before, how it's like, you know, Mrs. Wise and Mr. Dunno are like performance are like characters Uh in a show a little bit when you're up, especially in front of a large group. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like I get really excited Uh and very animated, um, when I'm up in front of a group maybe more so than I am like in real life. Uh Um, But yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I ever really, it's not like something that's just, you turn on or turn off. It kind of just natural. Did you find like you were thinking about it, CJ, when you ended up doing that or just happened like, or it was just like natural, you know, like, like if you work in a retail job and it's like the voice that you use when you're behind the cash, like the cash register is different than the voice that you use when you're talking to like your coworkers. Oh yeah. It was like, I had a telephone voice for a while. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I feel like sometimes when I'm in front of the the class, I'll slip into that. Uh But then I realize that I've slipped into it and I hate the idea of like, cause I feel like when I take on that voice, it's like I'm separating, like I'm making it more of like a me to you sort of thing instead of like an us feeling within the classroom. So then Mm. I try to like actively turn it off and just talk to them as if they're little people instead of student teacher atmosphere. If that makes sense. The sage on the stage. (laughs) I forget who said that. (laughs) My husband says I have a, a, a podcast voice. I hope I talk like pretty 
you know, straightforward with you guys, but he says I have a podcast voice. So interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Um, or maybe I just turn it on every time I see you, Eric. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and you'll never know. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know. that's right. I was going to say, I don't, I don't hear much difference. Than yeah, usual. There you go. Um, you'll never know. Um, yeah. but, uh, I did for a while and then I kind of, uh, and then I stepped in front of a high school band and I was like talking, like I talked to my middle schoolers or my elementary kids or whatever. And I guess I was just like, I just snapped into that mode and then, um, you know, I asked one of the other staff members, like, oh, how do you think that went? Bah, bah, bah. It's like, you basically like talk, baby talk to them. What? And I was like, no way. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, you use like that us and we and warm and fuzzy, whatever. And I was like, yeah, but that's like how I teach. Like that works for me, you know, like um, he was like, yeah, no. I don't think that works for this group. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's good to know. You know, like, thank you for your feedback. But I had no, like I didn't, you know, um, but uh, you know, I, I know I do a little bit of it. I know, I know I do. You have to use the us and we thing, especially when you teach an ensemble. Um, and, uh, and if not, it, it ends up being like, like little, like followers instead of like, tiny little leaders all over the room, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so like I, 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 I do push like the us and we language like big time. Um, and I definitely did with my student teachers because the ones that came in and they're like, I will show you this. I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> we will discover this, you know? And, um, uh, that, that, that's a, it's, there's, there's a line, right. Um, and, uh, you just have to kind of find where in that spectrum you're, you're comfortable. So, Meanwhile, yeah. I had a kid once ask me why I was so mean in rehearsal, but nice in lessons. Oh, <laughs> why are you so mean? <laughs> oh, we know, though. I prefer they're... to think of it as strict. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when you have 60 children in front of you, you've got to be a little with strict. Noise makers, with noisemakers. Yeah, makers, you've so. got to be. You've got to be strict. You've got to keep control. Like, it's important, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm more relaxed in lessons. Mm -hmm. I think I do my podcast voice in lessons more than I do in front of uh, an ensemble. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, well, CJ, you were my student. Do, do you do you remember that? I, was I different in front of an ensemble than I was in lessons? You know, I'm asking you to think back years, so I don't you, you don't remember. <laughs> I actually have. I have been reliving how I was as a student in middle school a little bit recently because. I my lesson group it was just me and one other oboist and I distinctly remember that you would ask us questions and we would deadpan like we would not say anything and it was like a competition of like how long we could go in a lesson without saying anything to you and now like going as like a teacher I was like why was I so horrible to him because like I, I can't imagine what that would feel like if my class just said nothing yeah we used to do it all the time like we would just sit there and not say anything did you do it on lessons. purpose I think at was a certain point it did become on purpose. Like oh gosh, it was like a certain level was like, oh, I'm shy. And the other half was like, no, we're just, we're just doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as far as how you, how you were as a teacher, I think maybe a little more animated in front of the ensemble, but in order to keep everyone engaged, you always like, you need to have that kind of animation and stuff. So mm -hmm. I think, yeah. yeah. I've definitely tried to be quieter now in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. then naturally I want to be because I think keeping it, keeping it a little quieter, like myself a little quieter keeps the ensemble a little quieter. Mm. 
I don't know if it doesn't necessarily work. I teach but. at a cafeteria. I have no choice. I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my, my lessons are in a, uh, in the gym. So no, it's, it's shout or die, you know, for me. Yeah. So <laughs> but I, I think one, I think the most important thing is that no matter like what voice you're using in front of your ensemble or your students, it's like, they need to know that you are genuine in right. what you're what you're talking to them. Like, although we talk about it, like being, you know, a, a performer in front of the ensemble, you know, and teaching is a performing art. I'll, I'll say that until the day I die, but I think it's important that although we're doing that, you're not, you're not being somebody you're not mm-hmm. in front of your students. It's oh. just more of maybe a, a caricature of yourself uh-huh. rather than being somebody completely, you know, um, different because I think kids see right through that. Totally. And they you know, tune you out. Not, like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're not, they just, they don't even hear you. Like if mm-hmm. you just have say something, they just, they don't even hear it. It doesn't go through. So. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I think when, when maybe teachers have some of that feeling of burnout and, you know, and they're trying to, you know, not show that, I think sometimes it may come across as just flat. And, yeah. and that makes it more difficult because then the kids are less engaged and that can maybe increase that feeling of burnout. So I can understand why that can like sort of spiral mm-hmm. Yeah, to take yeah. it back there to the other topic. I also, I wanted to take it back to something you said, uh, Jen, like a second ago. So you were talking about like, keep, or both of you were talking about keeping order, like especially in ensemble rehearsals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we're learning about right now is like, like child centric, um, teaching methods and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I keep coming back to the question of like, well, obviously you want the students, like one of the things is like, oh, if you give the whole class shaker eggs and they're all making noise, but you want to talk to them, mm-hmm. you don't want to stop them from creating and making noise and stuff. You don't want to tell them no, but also like you have to find the way to like recenter the classroom. So I was just wondering like how you guys kind of allow students to explore what they're, what they're doing and their music and stuff while also like keeping a balance of like, I am a teacher and you need to have like a little respect and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ooh, me first. <laughs> and have, and I hope have, you have a good answer. I do. And it, <laughs> and the secret is, um, it happens in September and October with very clear expectations. Mm. Very clear. Like can't miss, like, see, this is an egg shaker. Meet your egg shaker. Hello, egg shaker. Like, you know, like, oh, we love our egg shaker. But sometimes when I say uh, that we need to, uh, like, your eyes need to be up here and your egg shaker is not part of the conversation, your egg shaker is going to take a nap. And we put it down and it stays on the ground out of your hands and your hands stay here on your leg while your egg shaker is just take is just sleeping so sweetly next to you Jen, like, you're so good. like oh dude oh, i i do not that's around <laughs> in september and october like but that's that it's that kind of conversation before they before they put the egg shaker before you put it in their hands like they need to know this is our instrument we respect our instrument we respect each other and this is how we do it, you know? <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and then you can make, you know, you can go crazy and make whatever kind of music you want with them. If you have that signal that says, okay, everybody, it's time for your egg shaker to take a nap while we, we get ready for the next, um, thing. So, um, like for me, yeah, like I said, those procedures happen in September and October. Um, like the rehearsals before the concert, we review um, instruments up, instruments down, like our in lessons, we review it before we try and do it 
in rehearsal. So I'm like really big on doing all the teaching in smaller groups, in lessons, in in small group lessons, and then in rehearsal um, is when we like put it together and show everybody else how we learned what we learned in lessons, you know? Mm. So that's like, that's part of the you know, sharing is caring thing. It's like you get to show what you did, what you learned by like doing the right thing in rehearsal. And that kind of just like empowers them to make the right choice and, and do, you know, so you can, you really can do whatever you want once they like know the box that we're working within, you know? Um, so yeah. And CJ, it sounds like, you know, that that's a question that you, you came at it from more of a general music, um, kind of, um, focus. And that's something that I've never taught, um, at least elementary kids. Um, so that, that is interesting. And Jen, I love the way you put that in there that I think we also probably got a t- that title for this episode out of it right there. I know I'm like, I'm like, and I have no idea where that comes from. Like, that's the thing. It's like, that's just, that's just like, okay, egg shakers. How, like, yeah. how are we going to make, have be successful with egg shakers? It's by, you know, like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's it. Well, this was a lot of fun. Is yeah. there anything we we didn't touch on that that is just burning and to to you know to be discussed? I think my curiosity flame has been quenched for the evening, but more questions <laughs> to come. So. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I I think I'm good. I think spoken like an artiste. That's right. That's it. <laughs> you know, and uh, and I'll lots of report from the convention um, at the after we're we finished that up at the end of the month. So yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be great. Well, you know what? Our friends who are listening, if you enjoyed tonight's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app, or frankly, all of the podcast apps go on everything and just create an account and just give us five stars in the same review on everything. <laughs> you know, you can even go on YouTube now, go and like, and subscribe on YouTube. Like everything you should, you should get 10 pop-ups every time we release a new episode. Yep. Um, and follow us if you haven't already on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, we're, you know, we're out there. Um, and, uh, also c- please consider becoming a monthly supporter. The link is in our show notes to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that would really help us continue to grow our, our podcast. Um, Tell everybody about us too. Word of mouth is huge. If you liked hearing what we talked about today, or you you think we uh, you know you, you liked another episode, maybe better than this one, or maybe <laughs> this was your absolute favorite so far. I don't know. Whatever, just tell somebody about it. Go tell ten people about it. All of TCNJ should be buzzing at this point. Oh, you know they will be. I'll spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, totally. That's it. Oh my gosh. Nice. Yeah. But get in touch well, with us fun. on social media if you have any ideas for episodes and and uh yeah, we're we're here. Take a cue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, Eric, CJ, just like our shaker eggs, I think it's time to put this one to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go to sleep too. I don't know about you. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, let's get out there and make great music. Bye.